0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. I'd like to welcome Vincent Bucola to Knowledge at Wharton, and he is a professor of legal studies and business ethics here. And he's written an interesting paper about excessive state debt and a new approach to this problem. Uh, there's a, a worry, a concern that some state debt around the world, I guess, uh, could uh, end up in default creating lots of problems for investors and capital markets. And um, Vince, I'd like to leave it to you to explain what this paper is about and uh, what some of the findings were.
1: Sure. Thanks, uh, Stephen. Uh, so this paper, uh, is, or this position brief is based on a paper published in the Duke Law Journal. It takes up the problem of state overborrowing, and I mean here states of the United States, okay. Illinois, California, and so on. Um, and the paper really has two conclusions for policymakers. One of them is negative or sort of pessimistic, and one of them is maybe more optimistic. So I'll just take those one at a time, and I'll start with the the, the pessimistic uh, findings. So in the aftermath of the financial crisis, a number of Uh, policymakers, politicians, and scholars, saw in the leverage or over-leverage of a number of American states like Illinois, New Jersey, California, some of the same moral hazard or too-big-to-fail thinking that uh, was part of the cause anyway of the financial crisis in Wall Street. The idea is that the uh, institution can over-borrow knowing that if things get bad enough, Uh, There's a federal backstop there. And therefore, lenders are more willing to extend and overextend um, credit. So these thinkers, and most prominent was probably my colleague and friend at the law school here at Penn, David Skeel, uh, proposed a bankruptcy mechanism, a, a new law that would allow states, in addition to cities and towns which can already file for bankruptcy, this would allow states to file. And they thought this might relieve, turn off the spigot by allowing there to be A mechanism that would give creditors a haircut. Uh, The idea would be to forestall a federal bailout. Um, So the negative conclusion in my paper is that a bankruptcy mechanism won't work to reduce state borrowing. And the basic problem is an old, very old legal doctrine called sovereign immunity. This doctrine dates at least into the 19th century. And the idea is that because the American states are thought of as sovereigns, they can reject any claims on to pay debts. Um, they can simply walk away from them. So in other words, they don't need a bankruptcy mechanism. And the way this works is that if someone sues a state for a debt, say on a bond, the state can decline to be sued. So there's no remedy. And the upshot is that states can already walk away from debts if they want to. They don't need a bankruptcy mechanism, and they won't opt into one unless they're given sweeteners.
0: Uh, let me ask you, uh, what, are, what were the, the main conclusions of your research as you looked into this? But also, uh, as a preface to that, is there a history of states defaulting? Has it happened and what have been the results?
1: Yeah, so the earliest state defaults were in the 19th century. A wave of financial panics caused state defaults in the 1840s, 1870s after the Civil War. The most recent state default was um, Arkansas during the uh, Depression. I think it was 1933, but I might be wrong on the exact date. So yeah, there is, you know, I think people tend to think that the states are uh, risk-free, and they're not. They haven't historically been, and and uh, the uh, the law is solid in the sense that there's no legal repercussion. There are obviously reputational uh, consequences to default, but
0: but not legal. So what were your main takeaways from your research?
1: Sure, I think they're they really are twofold. One is that a kind of any kind of ex post mechanism, a kind of me- a legal mechanism that tries to work on borrowing after the fact after things have gotten bad is not going to work and the second takeaway uh, relates to a- an idea I developed in the paper called tax credit borrowing, which is a way to get around the this problem of sovereign immunity that I, that I mentioned, and that tax credit borrowing may have uh, um, uh, more hope or. Uh, more promise than a bankruptcy mechanism.
0: And, and what is that exactly?
1: Sure. So ta- the idea of tax credit borrowing is that, you, that a state borrows just like it ordinarily would. Think of a bond. Uh, the, prom- the state promises to pay a coupon annually, however periodically they want. Uh, but instead of promising an outlay of cash, the state promises a tax credit, some uh, credit that can be applied against a tax bill owed to the state. And the idea of this really is just to circumvent that sovereign immunity doctrine I was mentioning. Uh, Under the settled law, sovereign immunity only applies to a state as a defendant in court. It does not apply to a state as a plaintiff in court. So, the logic of tax credit borrowing is that the owner of the bond, say, or the obligation, can assert the right to decrease taxes, and if the state doesn't like that or wants to default, we'll say, the state must sue rather than be sued. And by toggling the plaintiff-defendant distinction, as sort of trivial as that sounds maybe to a non-lawyer, you get a radically different result.
0: That's interesting. So a company obviously would have to have substantial business interest in that state and a substantial tax obligation in order for that to— to make sense. Uh, Is that often who's investing? Isn't it sort of big investors with institutions in New York and so forth? Um, You
1: know, with municipal and state debt, there actually are a lot of individuals our owners. Uh, So the the way I really uh, foresee tax credit borrowing working is that the tax credit uh, would, uh, coupon say, would just be sort of an option for the holder. So in the ordinary run of business, the Taxpayer, or the I'm sorry, the holder of the obligation just gets paid as an ordinary bond. But the taxpayer or the holder of the bond would have an option to use it as an offset against a tax bill. So it would only come into play if a state was, let's say, teetering financially and wanting to uh,
0: default in this way. So it's uh, the other thing I'm wondering is, um, would that would that be a sweetener for uh, states to be able to? To, to get a lower interest rate? Or is that federal backstop already providing you know, something equivalent?
1: Yeah, so I, the short answer is I think it would allow states to borrow more cheaply. It's a way of creating a lower risk uh, mm-hmm. state instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two, two observations, though. One is we're not sure how much of overborrowing really is attributable to moral hazard, mm-hmm. this too-big-to-fail idea. I think, actually, tax credit borrowing would help uh, researchers like myself uh, get a better purchase on how much of overborrowing is really caused by that sort of moral hazard and how much is due to other political uh, mm-hmm. um, failures. You know, and then the last thing I'd add about the tax credit borrowing is— um, not, not just about allowing states to borrow at cheaper interest rates. There are a lot of constituents, uh, what you might say creditors of states, who are not bondholders, I'm thinking employees with retirement plans and so on, who could really use a little safety and would probably be willing to give up a little juice mm-hmm. for uh, for, a consi- for the safety of a return down the line. So I think there, tax credit borrowing is— you know, I introduced it in this paper as a mechanism to uh, reduce the overborrowing incentive at the state level. But I think it has other uh, potential uses.
0: So states could see this as a way to lower their financing costs um, if they if they so chose. I think that's right. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, were the, as you looked into this, were there conclusions or findings that surprised you? Y- yeah, one one uh,
1: is, a, is an historical conclusion. I thought that I was— uh, coming up with this mechanism out of sort of scratch. Uh, but as I conducted research, I found out that the state of Virginia, I guess the Commonwealth of Virginia, actually used tax credit borrowing in the aftermath of the Civil War uh-huh. in the 1870s. So uh, some lawyers in Richmond were smart enough to figure this out. And in fact, Virginia tried to repudiate these tax credits, mm-hmm. and they were upheld in the courts. Um,
0: so that was a big surprise. So we have some precedent yeah, that's this. right. Um. What are some of the other practical implications for this that maybe you haven't covered just yet? So, I think for,
1: uh, for investors and for employees at the state level, it's important to know—this is, is not unique or new from my work—but it's important to know that states can walk away from their obligations. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of general obligation bonds and, according to some constitutions, state pension obligations uh, are said to be backed by the state's full faith and credit. Mm-hmm. It's common language. Yes. And a lot of people assume that means it's impossible yes. uh, for the state to default. You should know it's not impossible, and states have
0: done it before. They will probably do it again. Okay, um, so that would be one of the misperceptions that the public may have about these kinds of things, that because it hasn't happened since the '30s. That that it's unlikely to happen, uh, and it does it does seem like an unlikely thing. And yet, um, if you can provide a, a guarantee against it, and at the same time incentivize states to perhaps lower their borrowing costs, that that's an interesting thing. Then, how much might borrowing costs be lowered? Is it a quarter percent, an eighth of percent, any way to any way to judge that?
1: You know, I'm not sure and Uh I probably would not be the best at, at figuring this out. I think the 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 case is that the better the financial situation of a given state the less this tax credit borrowing mechanism matters. Mm-hmm. So if there's a prudent, highly solvent state, mm-hmm. it's not going to change borrowing costs at all. But then again, um, we're not so concerned about that state's uh, mode of borrowing. So it's more an issue as a state is uh, under increasingly dire financial situation. Mm-hmm. Um, this The tax credit borrowing will have a bigger impact. I don't know how to
0: quantify that. Any states around right now that are in that position? <laughs> Illinois. Okay. Okay.
1: Illinois Illinois is not doing doing well. Um, Its Supreme Court has, in the past couple of years, issued rulings that make it look difficult to restructure pension obligations there, which are a major driver of costs. Um, And the city of Chicago is in financial trouble as well. If you're trying to understand uh, the fiscal picture at state and municipal levels, you often in some ways need to look at them together. Because states can offload some of their own uh, obligations to to their own municipalities. Or if municipalities are doing badly, uh, the state can back them up. Uh, If both a state and its major municipalities, its major cities, are uh, simultaneously on the rocks financially, that's a bad picture.
0: All right. Uh, what, What else about this whole idea would be interesting to know that we haven't talked about? Or have we covered it
1: all? Uh, we've covered this research. Okay. Um, I'm watch- what I'm doing now is watching, um, watching what's happening in Puerto Rico. It's not a state, but in and so the sovereign immunity doctrine I mentioned doesn't mm-hmm. apply there. But um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. There's some question whether Puerto Rico is going to be a warm-up for Illinois. Uh, we'll have to see. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and presumably they could offer some sort of uh, a, a coupon that was, in effect, a tax break for, let's say, certain investors that, that had enough business there that they'd be able to offset the tax obligation. I think that's right. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks Very for having interesting stuff. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.